0: I'm really excited where Humana is.
1: We built caregiver support into the enterprise clinical operating model.
0: This is my life's work, and so being able to make better the lives of caregivers is just something that I feel very fortunate.
1: The biggest challenge is is really in defining what problems we can go after.
2: I'm William Fleming, and this is Real Talk, a podcast for Humana associates who work in clinical and pharmacy solutions and across Humana. Today, we're going to focus on Humana's Growing Caregiver Initiatives, which is very timely since November is National Caregiver Month. I have with me in the studio, Greg Horlander, who is an Experience, Strategy, and Transformation Lead, and Aubrey Booth, who is a Senior Product Management Professional. Both are in our clinical product organization. So. Welcome to Real Talk, Greg and Aubrey, and and thanks for being on the podcast. Thank you. you. All right. Well, you all know what we like to do. Love to get to know the the interviewees. And, uh, you know, Greg, why don't you go first and tell the audience a little bit about yourself and, you know, professionally, but also a little something about you personally. Thanks, William. So
1: I am uh, Greg Horlander, Louisville, born and raised, left here to go to college at Xavier University in Cincinnati, uh, moved back got my MBA at IUS, then uh, got married, then moved away to Chicago, lived there for a number of years, joined Humana eight years, it'll be eight years in January, started in the line of business marketing area, and then moved over into the Consumer Experience COE in 2013, and have been working on Caregiver ever since.
2: What do you do for fun out of work?
1: Um... Mostly go from uh, sports practice to sports practice with my two children. So, yeah. old, soccer all the time. How old are the kids? They are 13 and nine.
2: Fun, 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 fun. Are you uh, red or blue? Red. I gotcha. And um, Aubrey, <laughs> before we get to a little bit about you, uh, Greg said he went to Xavier, mm-hmm. but he pronounced it Xavier. You're from the Northeast, and you, you said before we started that you like to enunciate every we letter in the word. The so what? So how would you? What would you say Xavier? Would you say Xavier? or Would you say Xavier? It's Xavier. See.
0: <laughs> Sorry, Greg.
2: My, you're my, doing it wrong.
1: <laughs> well, since I'm an alumnus there, I'm going to go with my pronunciation.
2: <laughs> yes. Just so y'all know, we have this debate in my house because my wife is a graduate of Z- Xavier. And I call it Egg Xavier, and so you, you can imagine we have a little healthy debate this, at times.
1: So she says Xavier. Oh, also. she she okay.
2: does, she does, and she just looks at me like, really? I'm like, no, really, that's that's. I just said it. It's Egg Xavier. It's I a hard ass to be conflicting, right? <laughs> so, Aubrey, consistent. so Aubrey, tell yeah. us about yourself.
0: Yeah. So um, as you mentioned, I grew up in New England. I grew up in Maine specifically, would move back there tomorrow if I thought my husband could handle six months of hard winter, but that's not an option. So I um, made my home here in Louisville about 15 years ago. I uh, have an undergraduate degree in business administration, but I'm in the process of um, finishing up, hopefully very soon, a master of public health. So that will be adding that to my education. Uh, looking forward to that. I started at Humana. Actually, it will be eleven years on December fifteenth of this year. Started actually in a call center um, and have been kind of working my way through the through the company. Um, had the had the. Uh, fortune of working for Dr. Todd Pruitt as his administrative coordinator. And then I, I approached him probably about six years ago and said, you know, we could be doing more for family caregivers in the chronic care space. And he said, you know what, I agree. So he promoted me to do that and I've been doing it ever since.
2: So what do you do out of, outside Humana?
0: So right now, coursework—that's <laughs> my primary. I gotta get that done. I'm, yeah. I'm over it. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I get that. I get that. But um, once that's done, I'm actually an avid uh, arts and crafts person. I I sew um, and and do other types of arts and crafts. So well, that's,
2: this is the right city for that. I know. Yeah. yeah. A lot of lot of art scene out here. I like, know. I love it. You ever go to St. James? Well,
0: you know, I've never I've never done that. I I know you're looking at me like oh, that's a with huge someone mess. who loves it. So oh, it's
2: it is. <laughs> I mean, it's phenomenal. I need
0: I need to make that a, a priority.
2: Yeah, yeah for the, for our listeners who've never been to St. James, you've got to go. For those who have been there, you know what I'm talking about. It mm-hmm. really is amazing. Yeah, you know, just amazing, just mm-hmm. capabilities that yeah. uh, get brought into this city. Um, so let's let's get on with with the topic at hand. Um, it's really about caregiver, and you know, there's a without question a, a rising momentum uh, around caregiver uh, inside Humana. Um, there's definitely a need uh, for our customers uh, with Caregiver. Um, and I think we've, uh, at the, uh, on the one hand, done a lot over the last number of years uh, on Caregiver, and yet there's still so much more to do. So um, you know, why don't y'all, you know, Greg and Aubrey, why don't y'all talk with us about, and maybe Greg you go first, about um, how we're thinking about these you know, changes and really trying to operationalize Caregiver uh, in our work.
1: Yeah, so I think the, a recent catalyst here is really the fact that we built caregiver support as a key capability into the enterprise clinical operating model. From my perspective, that, that represents a, a shift or a pivot from where we were trying to use caregiver support as, a, as an enabler or as an add-on to existing processes or, or structure of care delivery to a place where caregivers more... Uh, an important building block that we incorporate uh, and try to, to put in up front. Um, so I think that's going to make it a game changer in, in terms of how we do things.
0: Yeah. yeah and, you know, we've, I, I would say that we've done a really good. Job of incorporating caregivers into our clinical programs um, when the caregiver has been identified as an enabler to that member's health, and, but we've been doing that kind of by the ones. And um, what's nice about the ecom capability is that it really gives us um, the ability to formalize that engagement and and really kind of make it more a standard uh, part of of how we and how we incorporate caregivers um, in in different clinical concerns and, and the needs that they have, um, and and we really have come to a broader utilization that um, the caregivers is really playing an important role um, with regard to how our members are utilizing the, the healthcare system. Um, so th- it's, it's, really, it's really exciting.
2: Yeah, I, absolutely. You know, Greg, uh, you mentioned uh, the enterprise clinical operating model, and I would say clearly we're in the middle of um, really trying to think through the technology uh, and analytics layer that will enable uh, a lot of this uh, goodness, amongst others, with the care models, to truly come to life. Um, I got to see uh, some of the, you know, different vendor activities and vendor capabilities, and it it really is amazing some of the some of the opportunities that are ahead of us to, to in, in terms of how we operationalize it. How do we make it easy, um, and, and all that. Um, so I, I'm looking forward to you know, e-com and, and that coming forward to really help us do some of the things that both you and Aubrey uh, just just mentioned. Um, but, you know, as, as you all think about uh, that movement and what's in front of us, um, the, you know, the, the game is changing. And, you know, I, I just wonder how, how you could maybe articulate you know, for the audience how you're thinking about um, the game changing and, and what does it look like and what are the components of it? Yeah, so...
1: As we mentioned, uh, enterprise clinical operating model, one of the things that we've done is we've, we've defined a caregiver strategy that's going to extend from that to help us with the, building that care, caregiver support capability. And there's three components to that. From First, the, the next generation of caregiver data, and I'll talk a little bit about that with some examples in a moment. The, the second piece of that is that supportive inclusion of the caregiver in our care planning and delivery Uh, Aubrey talked about things we're doing already, but, you know, how do we uh, evolve that uh, uh, or even revolutionize that? And the third part is reducing uh, caregiver burden through personalized support. So let me give examples. Um, I'll work backwards. Reducing caregiver burden, the respite care benefit that we added this year um, that allows for a home health aide to come into the home and help a member with their ADLs or IADLs, And may allow a caregiver the opportunity to go take care of some things they need to, but they're not allowed to. They're not. They're not feeling comfortable leaving that person without someone watching them. Um, That's a big part of kind of relieving that burden. And so, how we evolve that work, which has already started, is one piece. The second piece in, in care planning and delivery. Um, there's a number of things happening here, but the the biggest piece is the work that the rapid uh, iterative testing project and the the multidisciplinary care team is working uh, on and and they're uh, looking at, you know how do we want to engage caregivers in the in that care management um, model? And realizing that that they're going to be supporting some of our members in the way that when they're not in the facility. So, you know, what What questions should we be asking in an engaged caregiver to get a full picture of how we support that member? Um, that also allows us to hit on that third top or that third piece of the strategy, what I mentioned, next generation caregiver data, and that's understanding better uh, the caregiver's ability, confidence, their capacity to do the things that are in the care plan. Today, what we normally get is the demographic information that allows us to have a good conversation with them, but we need to you know, build that more so we can make good clinical judgment on what that caregiver is able to do and where
2: there might be gaps. Yep, 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 I gotcha. And uh, Aubrey, um, maybe you can expand on some of that in t- terms of yeah. example and-
0: Sure, so um, the other thing that we're doing, especially as it relates to personalized support is looking at that from a disease specific perspective. Yep. Um, and, and one of the things that we started looking at, um, you know, three or four years ago Um, was looking at a clinical space where we know the caregiver has a very direct impact, and that's in dementia and Alzheimer's. Um, At some point, those members are not going to be making decisions as it relates to their health care. It's going to be their family members. And so um, last year, we kind of dipped our toe in this space because, as we mentioned before, we've been doing it by the ones, right? Um, And so being a little bit more deliberate in how we engage caregivers and 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 creating something specifically for them with their needs in mind um and and we started um with um literature review and just knowing that one of the pain points for dementia caregivers is medication management um that's that's a sore that's a sore topic for them, and so we partnered with um, the some folks in pharmacy, uh, Lillian Dehai and Leslie Dunn, and we created um, something that we called Caregiver Medication Management Services. And our whole purpose was um, to answer the question: If we create something for you, caregiver, with your needs in minds, and offer it to you directly, will you will you accept it from us? That was the first question we really needed needed to ask.
2: Some very basic. I know, things, right? right? Yeah, but yeah. important.
0: Exactly, exactly, and you know. It's always nice when my gut feelings are proven out, Um, and in this case, that's what that's what happened. And and um, you know the caregivers were super eager. I mean, we we had some really great engagement rates straight out the straight out the gate. Um, And the next you know evolution of that is in just a few weeks, we're going to be rolling out. um, We're very excited. Greg and I have been working with um, Amanda Kaufman, uh, Humanity at Home, to to deliver a Senior Link program. It's a caregiver support for dementia. So um, looking at uh, mem- de- members with a diagnosis of dementia who are in active care management, um, and we are going to offer their caregivers a, a coaching um, Tool. Um, we're going to be using technology um, to see if that's a viable method to engage with caregivers, and, and we're going to be focused on some topics like um, improving, making sure they understand a dementia, di- the dementia diagnosis, um, and then also looking at um, kind of their um, confidence in providing care, and, and also at at their burden, um, and seeing and seeing how that works. So we're really exciting, and then of course. With the an eye on the long game is once you remove that cognitive impairment, there, there are still going to be jobs that all caregivers are going to do regardless of what disease state you're looking at. So how does that translate um, in, in what we learn here at, um, to other spaces?
1: Yeah, the experience is so personal for all caregivers. Exactly. And so looking at disease-specific opportunities, I think, allows us to continue to build our understanding of the caregiver audience and then also understand what problems might be there for for some segments that we can go after.
2: Right. Yeah, you know, you, Aubrey, you just hit on some things that are really just hit me, and they, they touch me, um, and importantly with dementia. Um, it's such a uh, brutal, brutal disease, mm-hmm. and, and one for which uh, I personally feel helpless. Yeah. Because um, there's no good active treatments. Correct. There's no. There's not very good... Uh, support these days. And the brutal reality is, um, to your point, engaging with the patient themselves. Mm -hmm. Uh, Early onset, okay. Uh, Moderate, late, not so much. And so, you know, uh, those are members of Humana. And how do we deal with them? How do we help them? And uh, this pilot that you all are starting uh, with that third-party company, um, is an important pilot. Um, I have no idea if it's gonna work or not, but I know I'm personally excited about it. Yeah. Uh, because the, you know, this, is a, this is a tough, tough disease, yeah. and, and frankly, we're all at risk mm-hmm. of yeah. dementia um, because the biggest risk factor for dementia is aging.
0: Absolutely,
2: yeah. Right? And yeah. so when people ask, you know, what are we trying to do with this? It's really trying to solve a, you know, find solutions to a problem that for which um, there are no medications, there are no great treatments. Yep. All the treatments that are in the pipeline the FDA haven't made it out because they can't show plaque reduction mm-hmm. um, in the, across the blood-brain barrier. And so there's just a bunch of issues uh, sitting there. there. And I, I'm looking forward to seeing how this pilot can engage the caregiver yeah. in that. Um, yeah. Uh, just, I, just personally, it's, it's just an emotional thing. Yep. Um, so, uh, but th- that said, I-, I probably hit on a few things I'd love to get y'all's view on, which is challenges. What are some of the challenges? How do y'all think about them?
1: The biggest challenge is is really in defining value for these caregiver interventions. You know, we we work hard to try and understand like ROI and 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 the value proposition for the caregiver, but but have. Um, challenges there in making that direct connection between that intervention and the improved health outcome. Aubrey's, you know, laid the groundwork with her prior example from the um, the uh, comprehensive medication uh, management services that, that allows us to start working in that direction. So, we've got something to build on, but that has been historically the challenge is that, that ROI, because there's so many other ways we're engaging a member, and now we're also trying to connect to the caregiver too. So, the c- testing control um, dynamic is is a struggle.
0: Yeah, and uh, you know, too, that one of the ways that we're starting also maybe to kind of solve for that is um, we're actually quite lucky in that there's a, a a good percentage of our of caregivers for our members who are also Humana members. So, um, talking about that from a pair perspective, looking, you know, a, like a. A pair and and understanding how they influence one another in their health. I was, we did a, a study with our data partners um, on the topic again of dementia a couple years ago, where I I asked them. I said, "Look, like let's look at these pairs where the caregiver is a member and the and the of course the member with dementia, and let's look at how they're influencing one another." And we were able to show with statistical significance that if the member caregiver was inpatient, the Per the member with dementia was likely to go. And the same with, um, you know, medication adherence. If the caregiver wasn't adherent, then the likelihood is the recipient wasn't, their care recipient wasn't adherent. And true with, lo- we ran it against the loneliness predictive model. And if the caregiver was likely to be lonely, then in all likelihood, the, the their care recipient, their loved one was going to be too. So um, I think it provides a lot of opportunity for us to really look at those as, as a, as a one-two punch, so to speak, and say if we intervene with the caregiver um, and improve maybe their health outcomes, do we see improved health outcomes for, for their care recipient? It's, it's a really intriguing question and one that we're lucky that we have the ability to, to study. I'm going forward.
2: So I, I want to ask you all uh, for a, any closing uh, thoughts in a second. Um, and what, what I might ask you to, um, you know, as, as I'm thinking through this, I, I, I love what we're doing here. And I know we're just scratching the surface. Um, you know, you all just talked about the use of analytics and the role of analytics. Uh, I do think there's a richness there. Um, you think about um, long-term, I guess, you know, if I had a dream, um, you know, some place down the road here, Humana would be so good at helping caregivers deal with their loved ones that if you have a caregiver, you pick Humana, right? And, right. you know, maybe that's a, you know, a noble cause. Maybe that's a, you know, a thing that's, that's too far into the future to really think about, but you got to start somewhere and you got to dream big. And, mm-hmm. and I just, I just know that whether it's dementia or CHF or cancer, you name the thing that there's so many of our members who either have direct caregivers by way of power of attorney or indirect caregivers just because that's the way it you know the, the, the world works in, in that household or that family unit or that local community um, that uh, we got to find ways to help the caregiver help the member and that is the theory of the case. Right. And if we do that how can that unlock other things both on the enrollment side but also then on the caregiving side and the use of care side?
0: Well, and when we did the caregiver medication management services, we were really deliberate in in collecting feedback from the caregivers who were participating. And there was one comment that that she said, I love that you asked me about this. And any time in the future that I'm looking at an you know, any insurance needs, I'm going to go with Humana. See? Because you I, exactly. Yeah. And an N that.
2: of one. I like it. <laughs>
0: yes.
2: Let's start, we'll start Make there. The Let's start there. <laughs> now we need an N of two. I love it. Yeah. I love it. So, uh, uh, Greg, any closing comments? I would just say
1: to your point of the vision of what we want to be, we're in a good place. We are connected to caregiving advocacy groups, and they tell us we do a really good job with identifying caregivers uh, compared to our competition and trying to Pull them through. Um, some of our competitors are doing probably a little more to market some things um, than than we are. But I, just from their perspective, we're doing things that that our competition are, are not doing. I would also say that, like many things, our opportunity in this space is is built on the fact that we have. Um, a differentiator in the data that we carry and our ability to leverage that data to personalize things, especially in the caregiving situation. There are a lot of parallel space um, solutions out there, but they required the caregiver to do an awful lot of upfront load in information, that type of thing that we would be able to bypass completely.
2: The opposite of simplicity.
1: The opposite of simplicity. And for caregivers in particular, the burden of time is a big
2: barrier for them. Big issue. Aubrey, what about you? Close, you get the last word.
0: Oh, that's a lot of pressure. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I don't. I'm really excited um, about where Humana is, and you know, again, I, I hear from other people that Humana, to Greg's point, we're ahead of the game, and and um, being able to really start to shape um, what that looks like, and and being on the cutting edge of that is so is so exciting. You know, I've ever since I had started working on this and you know I'm also a co-president for the caregivers network resource group like this is my life's work and so being able to um, be afforded the opportunity to influence and make better the lives of caregivers is just something that I know I'm very I feel very unfortunate to be able to to have that Um, and I think Greg Greg feels
2: yeah it is very rewarding yeah it
0: is big time
2: well you know Greg Aubrey thank you all thanks for being on the show it's clear you have a passion for this and I'm glad you do and Humana needs you all to have this passion Because it's it's so impactful, and you're making a difference. So thank you all. Uh, I'm sure our audience uh, learned a lot. Um, we, we're going to have to have y'all back on as we progress to hear about some of these Definitely. pilots Absolutely. and work and analytics and how we're learning. Because I think I think we're, we really are scratching the surface. So thank you all. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. And so uh, for our audience, thank you all. Um, thanks for listening to this this episode of Real Talk. Um, you know how to get hold of us, uh, but in case you don't, please. Please uh, give us your feedback. You can e- reach us at, uh, by way of email at clinical and pharmacy solutions at humana.com or post your comments to Buzz with the hashtag RealTalk. So until next time, have a great week.